today with um, Ben McShane, a Democratic candidate for the Board of Aldermen on the general election. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Um, Start out, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are running for the Board of Aldermen. Sure. First, uh, thanks for having me here today. It's great to have another opportunity to get my message out and a little bit about my story to the voters. Uh, these local elections are really important. We can make a big difference on the on the local level, but it's also, you know, a, a game of chasing folks to get them involved and, and get our messages out there. So this is a great chance for me. I've been really thrilled with the amount of support that I've received this year. I'm a first-time candidate, haven't run for anything before, and you know, really wanted to give it a shot this year and see if I could get involved. We had, you know, some open seats on the board, some folks were moving in different directions, and I saw that the city needed some new faces and really felt like I could be one of those people. And what made you decide to be a candidate for the first time? Well, I've been quite active in the community um, with my wife in, in recent years here. We're both local activists on social justice issues and been involved in reaching out to different neighborhoods and organizing some events that have had really amazing turnout. Uh, Not too long ago, we had a great event after the violence at Charlottesville, which had hundreds of people show up in our downtown. And those sorts of things made me feel like, you know, people want to come together here. We have some forward-thinking folks who want to help carry our city forward. Uh, So I wanted to build on a lot of that energy. You know, we're also both active as business owners. I have a construction business. We do mostly commercial renovations of restaurants and hotels and those sorts of jobs. And I wanted to bring some of that business perspective. I am running as a Democrat, and I think it's good for us to have Democrats with the business background and have that perspective to bring to look at what are we doing with our money and, you know, are we ensuring that our taxpayer dollars are spent in the best ways that we can, that we're providing as much as we can. Are you from the city of Frederick or are you new here? No, I'm not from the city of Frederick. I grew up out here a lot as a kid. Uh, My family's from Maryland six generations. And uh, came in through the Port of Baltimore on the boats, you know, all those centuries ago. Okay. And uh, much of my family's still in Baltimore City and Baltimore County. But growing up, I lived the summers in Emmitsburg and Middletown and uh, always had that extended family out here that my mom was really close to growing up. So I knew the area for a long time and, you know, watched the changes of Frederick as, uh, you know, all the residents here have watched happen. This is, you know, a city that's you know, very different than it was a generation ago, still has a lot of the same wonderful aspects that it did in those those previous years, and those are the things we want to hold on to. But we also have a lot of great opportunities and with those challenges. Uh, this was exactly the place that I wanted to bring my wife and, you know, start our family. We've got our first little girl at home and, you know, relocate my business and have her start, start her career. And, you know, this has been a great place for us. Mm-hmm. What part of the city do you live in? So we live uh, near Rosemont and 15, not far from, from where folks would hop on and off to go to the Sheets. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are, you know, close to downtown in a sense, but also, you know, a bit outside of, of the, the real downtown and, you know, a bit near some other smaller neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, we can jump in one um, first issue question of coming right off of the primary election, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, it's a very low voter turnout, uh, about less than 14%. And um, one of the things people have been possibly talking about to kind of drum up voter turnout and voter interest um, is changing the election year to um, either gubernatorial or presidential. Is that something you would support? I was pretty disappointed with the turnout as well. 
you know, I did not expect to necessarily break records, but I thought that we were going to have a bump from four years ago. Um, you know, I didn't have exact, you know, numbers as my expectations, but I thought that there was enthusiasm and we might get some more engagement, and unfortunately that's not what we saw. I do think that it's a severe problem to have that lack of participation. And I agree that one of the contributing factors is likely that this is an off-year election. It's an off-off year. There's very few places that have this 2017 election. You know, here, the city of Annapolis, you know, Virginia has some stuff, but most parts of the country, there's basically nothing. And I think that it's important for us to get our residents engaged. You know, this is an important city. This is the second largest city in the state of Maryland, and we need to have an active, an active, you know, community participating in all of our elections. So I think that moving the election to to a different year in which there was uh, more statewide elections going on, that people were more aware that there was already some structure around elections and, and other campaigns generating interest, you know, that could be a way to do this. I would absolutely like to look at what has that effect been from some other municipalities or some other places that have moved elections like that to try to increase turnout and what was the effects because we need to find something that will get people more engaged. You know, this, of course, is not a problem limited to the city of Frederick. This is a, a national problem that we all are well aware of. You know, we don't have the participation that we need on presidential elections. We don't have the participation that we need on congressional elections. But I'm a candidate for the Board of Aldermen. My focus is the city of Frederick and taking care of our own backyard. So my focus needs to be, okay, what about our elections? You know, it's true that there's a participation, you know, problem nationwide, but we can focus on solutions at least for, you know, our municipal level. Okay, um, jumping around just a little bit, um, the downtown hotel is a huge issue. It's a huge project right now. Um, if you are elected, it's something you'll definitely be talking about. Uh, first of all, um, do you support the idea of a downtown hotel, and do you support the city continuing its partnership for the funding for that? I do support having a downtown hotel. You know, I think that our city can can handle that. I think that we have an amazing downtown. That the historic center of Frederick is one of the greatest assets that we have, and you know that can't be separated from economic development at all. It's one of the main drivers of our economic development. It's why people want to visit here. It's why businesses can open and be successful here. And some of those people are also looking for a place to stay while they're here. Now, I know that my, my family loves coming to Frederick. You know, my wife and I host many of the family holidays now. We host you know, Thanksgivings and Christmases. We host holidays that we don't even really want to be hosting, but <laughs> people want to come here. You know, my brothers, her siblings, our parents. And you know, we have the ability to have some of them stay with us, but not always everyone. And, you know, they're looking for other places while they're in town. I know not too long ago that my father was was here visiting. He is only an hour away, but he wanted to stay over and he wanted to stay downtown. And he wanted to go and get a glass of wine at one place and then an appetizer at another place and then probably another glass of wine somewhere else. <laughs> and afterwards, he was sort of griping to me a little bit that he couldn't find the place that he wanted to stay downtown. And he said that there were some really nice options b&b's and things like that but he was by himself on this trip and he didn't really want to stay at a at a romantic or a, a cute b&b by himself 
and he just wanted to stay at a nice hotel, and he ended up staying somewhere on the outskirts of town on one of the pikes, and it was a fine place, but it's not what he was really looking for. He was looking for somewhere in our historic center, and you know that's why I think that we should have a location for people. I think that it would help you know, bring in some some tourists that will spend dollars and help our businesses, which generates revenue, which generates jobs. It also gives a place for our families to stay when they're coming and visiting. And I also think that it's fine and reasonable for there to be some public involvement. And, you know, in these kinds of projects, that is not out of the ordinary. It's common on large scale development projects where there needs to be, you know, infrastructural improvements, where there needs to be uh, improvements for you know parking improvements for for lots of you know public services and we need to really be hawks on that and we need to watch what is what is this plan how is this money being used what exactly is it going to you know there there's not a slush fund just sitting around for people to have at you know this is taxpayer money either from the city or from the state or, you know, but at some point this came from taxpayers, anything. And therefore we have to have a high standard and we have to demand that things are done efficiently and that things are done in a way that actually makes improvements. Um, talking about the, the funding partnership for this, um, I cover the General Assembly, so I see the Democrats and the General Assembly delegation work very hard every year to get funding into the state budget for this project. Um, we're now kind of rounding the bend towards another General Assembly session, and it doesn't seem that the city has yet spent the money that was approved last year. Do you think that the city is moving fast enough um, to act once funding is made available? Well, you always want to see things happen more efficiently, more quickly. It's It's never appealing to see things drag out. It's never appealing to see, you know, things consume our time and attention for for years i like many people want to say let's either do this or not on this issue on any other ones and we've got to focus our attention attention is limited you know time is limited and everything that we're spending on one issue we're not spending on something else sometimes it feels like this hotel project is dragged on but we have to balance that you know perspective with doing our due diligence you know, there's been some very complicated aspects of this. It's right in our downtown. It's important buildings are involved. You know, restoring buildings are involved, making sure that the character fits. There's public money and private money. That's very complicated. This is not like approving, you know, a, a small building to go in somewhere on the edge of town in a area that's already been zoned for it and everything is set up and it's not, there's no issues. There's been a lot of of steps to take for this and sometimes that means things have to take their time uh that's a tough balance to strike i think mm -hmm. um speaking of cd projects uh the west side regional park um has been a major topic of discussion since the city bought the Hargett farm property in 2009 would you support um i mean they're planning on putting a park there obviously um is that something that you would like to see there and if so what kind of amenities would you like to see go in that park I absolutely would like to see a park out there. I think that we have an amazing piece of property out there. It's difficult to come across that much space that close to the center of a city of, of this scale. You know, that's not not typical. You know, mostly places are developed and we've got, you know, the opportunity to put something that would really be of of use to the community there. I think that 
we've seen some plans floated uh, from the city, and then there's been some revisions, and I think sometimes folks get um, a little bit attached or a little bit, you know, focused on one plan or another, and really these are just these are just options. These are just plans. Nothing is set in stone yet at all. You know, price tags are not the only option. You know, things can cost more or less money. But I do think that at least some of that property being a park would be a wonderful asset. I think that a lot of people live on the west side of town. You know, the majority of our of our city does not live near Baker Park. You know, I don't live that far from Baker Park, and it's a wonderful park, and I enjoy going there, and we take our, our daughter there and things like that. But that's not accessible to everyone, and I think that having some more amenities over on the west side of town would be great. It doesn't necessarily mean that we need to incorporate everything that has been in Plan A or Plan B, and there can be you know different uses. We've already seen that happen with the property over there, where there's now a school going up. You know that section of that property was used for that purpose, and we could work out a plan to have different different uses for what remains of that old farm. But I think that some aspects of, of public amenities that match the interests of the adjacent communities is really important to me. I'm not interested in developing something out there that does not serve the interests and the desires at all of the communities just across Butterfly Lane. I'm not interested in developing something that's for people from a different part of town to come to. At least some of that development needs to match the people that live nearby. You know, that's who is important right there. The the neighbors that are looking right across the street, the people that are, you know, able to, you know, ride their bike there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything specific you definitely want to see there or are you just kind of like thinking, you know, whatever these people want, are you kind of letting them drive it or is there anything you definitely want to see there? Oh, there's a couple ideas that have been in the plans that are especially appealing. I think that, you know, some playing fields and, and, public spaces like that would be appealing. You know, there are others that are somewhat close to that area, so I don't know that we need an enormous amount of the property to be that, but some of that would be would be attractive. You know, people can use park space in a sort of basic level, what is a park? Playing fields, picnic tables, things like that. But there's also been you know, some really appealing ideas around performance spaces. There's been some some great conversation about an aquatic facility and there's been a couple of different ideas of how extensive that would need to be and how that would be funded and you know we would need to make sure that you know funding is coming from various levels you know most of the plans for that park cannot be cannot be taken care of by just the city of frederick reaching into its pocket and writing a check you know there needs to be a balance of funding but some of those would be great if we could make the money work it would be great to have an aquatic center out there and you know i want to make sure that all of those options are at the table when i'm on the board mm-hmm. do you have a favorite park in the city that you go to <laughs> probably the the gradual path through uh from the creek through Mullinix, uh and into baker park is where you know we probably spend the most time you know, as I've mentioned, we have our, our daughter at home. She's only a year and a half old, so uh, she's not quite big enough for us to be playing on the soccer fields and baseball fields and things like that yet. She's more uh, toddling along. So those beautiful areas to walk along uh, really are where we spend a lot of the time when we have that those extra portions on the weekend that we can walk her around. Okay. Um, another question about priorities. Um 
the city and the state devote a lot of their budget to transportation projects. And um, in your mind, what are the most important transportation projects in the city and what would you like to see uh, moving forward? So this is something that comes up a lot when I'm talking to voters. Um, Of course, working on a local campaign and running for for local office has a lot to do with reaching out one-on-one. It's going to events, it's going door-to-door, it's ringing people's doorbells and knocking on people's doors. And questions around transportation are are common. Um, Some people bring up concerns about public transportation. I have folks on the communities on the northern side of town who feel like if their teenage children want to go into downtown and, and take the bus in, it's not easy for them to get down there. They feel like, you know, they've got to walk pretty far out of their neighborhood to get to one of the main arteries to, to find public transportation, that nothing comes into their area at all. You know, I've heard that from a couple different neighborhoods. You know, we hear similarly on the west side of town that people feel like it's not as easy for them to get into downtown as they would like. And, you know, I want to take those concerns seriously. The other common questions about transportation have to do with with roadway development. You know, getting back to the north side of town, people have a lot of questions about the new the new overpass. And, mm-hmm. you know, folks on the sort of north crossing side of, of the city up there, sure, they're interested in being able to hop over to where the the... Wegman's development is and all of those new restaurants and businesses that are going in over there. That sounds great, but they also have questions about is this being managed well for more traffic? How many more cars is this going to be bringing around? You know, the the whole Monocacy connection to get around that side of the city on the east to come over to where they live. And I know that there's plans and, you know, sometimes try to talk about those with the voters and say, you know, this is not completely haphazard, but they also have concerns that that we're not thinking far enough in advance. And I think, you know, that leaves me with with two priorities on the local level. One is ensuring that we are speaking, that we are planning far enough in advance and that we are, you know, building 20, 30 years down, down the line. And the other priority is making sure that that message is getting to our residents because sometimes they feel like there's not a plan or they feel like their questions haven't been answered. And sometimes there's a great answer. And if if the city is able to provide it, then people's fears are are put at ease. But we need to be providing those answers then. Mm-hmm. Um, another issue, um, or I guess project kind of, that this Board of Aldermen are talking about right now is the new police headquarters. Um, they have some um, options right now for different places that they could put it. Um, $17.2 million is the kind of estimate for how much they think it's going to cost. I don't know how much you've looked into it, but I guess – where would you like to see the new police headquarters go and kind of like where would you be leaning for that? Well, I think that ensuring public safety is, you know, at the top of the list of anyone who's, you know, an elected official, uh, especially on the local level where really that's the day to day. That's our streets. That's our neighborhoods. That's our parks that we need to feel safe in. You know, that's true for me in my neighborhood. It's true for people that live in in brand new developments. It's true for people to live on the south side of town and the east side of town. Um, we all need to feel you know, safe and secure in our community. And ensuring that those folks working in public safety, you know, that those for- folks working in the police department have the services that they need, have the amenities, have the facilities that they need in order to do their jobs is extremely important. Uh, I think that you know, they've put a lot of time into talking about 
you know, what they need and how the city has grown and how the force is needed to expand and how it has outgrown that facility that they currently have. You know, I don't have the the expertise in background about exactly what facility would be right for them or, or things like that. You know, I need to trust uh, the people with that experience to give me that information. But absolutely, we need to support those efforts as, you know, making sure that we have a community that we all feel welcome and safe in is, you know, the top of the list for me. Okay. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the expense of living in the city of Frederick. So um, the area median income for Frederick County is actually a lot higher than the rest of the state. It's about $90,000 a year. Um, but the United Way's Alice report found that, you know, a third of the residents here, households here, have a hard time making ends meet and meeting their basic monthly expenses. Um, do you think that there is an issue with um, income equality or access to resources within the city? And how would you try to address that? That's absolutely a problem. Uh, I've seen many of these same reports and seen the, the great amount of economic activity in our area, you know, here in the city of Frederick, in our county, in the state of Maryland. You know, this is a great place for people to be living. You know, there are many, many parts of this country that would love to be in the economic situation of, of Maryland. In terms of dollars in our economy and in terms of of growth and number of jobs out there but in no way does that mean that all that money is getting to the families that need it that all those jobs are getting to the people that need those jobs you know there's a lot of folks who can see those numbers and say ninety thousand dollars well i don't make ninety thousand dollars and i hardly know anyone who makes nobody in my neighborhood make who are these people where is mm -hmm. this money those are questions that people have and they should have and i think it's an example of, of of a problem based on, you know, a, a myth that many of us have been sold, that there's not enough, that there's not enough money, there's not enough jobs, there's not enough opportunity, we need to be pointing the finger at other people, we need to be finding, you know, fault here or there. And my feeling as a Democrat, as a progressive, is that there's absolutely enough. These reports show that. The money is here in our community. The jobs are here in our state. We just need to be working to make sure that it's getting to the hardworking people that need that, that it's getting to the families that need that. But the problem is not a lack of resources in our community. It's not a lack of resources in our country. This is a, a affluent, wonderful place with lots of resources and hardworking people. And we just need to be connecting those people who are looking for a way to contribute and looking for a place to work hard to the opportunities to contribute and to make money to support their families. Do you think that there's enough affordable housing or workforce housing in the city of Frederick? Housing is a big issue that comes up as well when I'm out there <laughs> talking to folks. And it's it falls into a lot of different demographics. You know, there are folks I speak to who are con very concerned about where their next where their next bed is going to be, who are older folks here, who are residents who've lived here for decades and they are looking to you know some call it downsize or move to a more manageable location for them you know move to a house where you know everything's on the same level something like that and many of those folks feel like there aren't enough options for them and they don't want to move to arizona they don't want to move to florida they've lived in frederick for 40 years sometimes for 70 years and they want to continue to live here but they don't feel like there are places for seniors. You know, that's one way that this that this affects people. You know, also we hear 
from folks that working families, you know, lower middle class families don't feel like they can afford houses, don't feel like they can afford to live in the city the way that maybe they could not too long ago. And that's a major problem. We don't want to become a place where people can't afford to work and live. And I worry that we are moving too far in, in the direction economically and in terms of affordable housing, where the people that provide some of our most important services, our nurses, our police officers, people in public safety, people who work for the city, live not in Frederick City, often not in Frederick County. They live in Washington County. They live in Pennsylvania. They live in West Virginia. And maybe they're happy to live in those places. There's nice towns in those places. But if they'd prefer to live close to where they work and live here in the city of Frederick, I think we need to make sure that there are places for them and that our community has, you know, big, nice houses for the people that that's right for them and houses that, you know, a a working family can afford as well. Mm Related to affordable housing, I wanted to ask you about the city's property tax rate. Um, Have you given thought to uh, where you think that rate should be set, whether or not it should be lowered to the constant yield or kept where it is, where it's been for a while now, or um, changed in another way, you know, lower than the current rate, but higher than the constant yield or, or that sort of thing? That, of course, is a question that comes up from lots of folks, Um, especially those those families that live close to the county line and are saying, hey, I'm looking across the street and the the guy across the street seems to have the same house as I do and doesn't have to pay all the same taxes as I do. You know, I think that we we always need to be assessing where our our tax rates need to be. You know, those aren't just make believe numbers. Uh, Those are impacting people's lives. It's a a primary responsibility of a of an effective city government to make sure that you're only asking people to contribute their fair share you're only asking people to contribute the amount of money that you need and you need to be operating an efficient city government you need to be operating efficient services so that you're not asking for more than you actually need i also think that part of that may be a communication problem you know similar to some other things the city needs to be explaining to its residents what are you contributing for? You know, you're working hard for, for your money. You're getting a paycheck every every week, every other week. And then the city's asking you, you know, through various ways, through property taxes, as we're talking about now, to contribute some of that so that we can do things. What are we getting out of this? And if the city can explain, at times people say, oh, okay, you know, I, I didn't understand. You know, I hadn't thought about this or that. You know, this is more expensive than I realized. And I do take take advantage of that and I do enjoy this service and you know that can go very far to explaining this is where the money goes Mm -hmm. but without that people feel like what am I getting out of this deal and you know that's a question that comes up frequently absolutely Mm -hmm. okay um just kind of wrapping up a little bit um what are the three biggest issues or like policy changes you would like to see addressed um if you are elected to the board of aldermen so I'd like to focus, you know, my attention in in a couple of different areas. Now, of course, the jobs, the job of of a person on the board of aldermen involves a lot of of different areas, and you know we need to be giving the appropriate amount of attention to to countless things, you know. But I think it is also important to think about our own individual backgrounds and to think about you know some areas that we'd like to give some some attention. 
you know, as I've mentioned, I am a business owner. I grew up in a family with with small businesses, uh, some in in restaurants, some in construction. Uh, we grew up with a lot of that sort of blue collar companies that helped support my family and the generations before me. And I wasn't sure what I would do with my own career, but sometimes the apple doesn't fall far, and I ended up starting my own business in the in the construction industry as well, and have had some great success with that. And I'd like to bring some of that perspective into my analysis of things while on the board of aldermen and spend some of my time focusing on economic development and on business development. What can we be doing? What can we do more of to attract more businesses into our area? You know, I would like us to see a growing local economy where people are are working and living here, where we're able to support ourselves, where we can provide the money for people to live right in the city where they work. And, you know, they're not having to living in those outside counties. Um, you know, that's something that I like to give a lot of attention to. Uh, I'm also very active in the community, organizing with different different groups on on outreach to different neighborhoods to try to build the strong, connected community that I want my children to grow up in, where they feel a part of our entire city. And I'd like to focus on a lot of community engagement and getting out of City Hall, getting back into the neighborhoods. It's my feeling that if we want more participation, we've talked about that uh, today in a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. If we want more participation and an individual or a community are 10 steps away from City Hall, I think that elected officials which I'm hoping to be one of, we need to take eight of those 10 steps to meet that person. We cannot just call them and say, hey, come on by anytime. We're open to talk on Wednesdays or on Tuesdays. And you know, then when they don't come, we say, I guess they weren't interested. You know, We need to go out there and meet those people. And you know, I'd like to really be a force for that to help build this community. Okay. Um, I think that was two. Think that was two. So you get one more. That was, that was two. Uh, a third <laughs> issue that I'm, I'm definitely talking a lot about is making sure that we're doing everything that we can to confront opiate and drug addiction and to encourage recovery. That's something that I've worked in myself for years as a, in a volunteer capacity working with people and I've seen miracles happen in people's lives. And I know that it is a crisis in this community. It's affected my family heavily. It's affected neighbors heavily. It's at a point where just about everyone knows someone in their own family who's struggling with addiction or who has made it through that or has lost their life to that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they know a family member, maybe they know a neighbor, maybe they know a coworker. You know, we're going to funerals for our friends' children, mm-hmm. for our neighbors' children, for our own children. And I understand that this is a national crisis. I understand that this is not limited to the city of Frederick. But I also believe that we cannot wait for a national solution. We cannot wait for someone else to come in and tell us how to how to help our, our own people. You know, we need to take care of our of our own on this. And I think that the city is doing good things. I think that the county is doing good things. And I think that we just need to double down on those efforts and make sure that our programs are as integrated and comprehensive as possible and that our social services and law enforcement are working together as much as possible. You know, this often falls on the shoulders of law enforcement and that's it's not entirely their problem. This is a health crisis. And, you know, we need to be making sure that the appropriate people are, are helping folks so that they can get into treatment as quickly as possible, that it's as accessible as possible, and that in many cases that we're keeping them alive long enough to get that help eventually when they can. Okay. Well, uh, if you haven't already knocked on their doors, uh, <laughs> where can people go to learn more information about your campaign? Sure. We are 
up on McShane for Alderman dot com people can have a look on there also is that f-o-r number four uh that's the word f-o-r okay (laughs) yep (laughs) and uh also on facebook you can look for ben mcshane for alderman uh you can find us pretty easily on twitter and instagram and and all of social media and uh if i haven't knocked on your door yet hopefully you will you will hear that doorbell pretty soon i'm out there every night trying to meet people and let them know why i'd like to be one of our new voices in our city government Okay, well, I think that's what we have for you. Thank you for coming in and talking with us today. All right, thanks for the invitation. Okay.